everyone, welcome to another episode of my chat with Vivenzel. Vilma and I have been very busy these days and we have been recruiting the very best people who are ones that impact communities and are world changers. And today our guest is none other than Rosie Tooley, who will introduce herself and share with us the great work that she's doing within the community um, in Wilmington, Delaware, and how she has pioneered a program that will able to help others grow and mature and be successful for the future. So we welcome you, Rosie, and we're so excited to have you on our program today. And we just want you to introduce yourself to our audience and tell mm -hmm. us all about your program. I won't say the name because it's pretty long, guys. Mm -hmm. so she will say it and introduce yourself, Rosie. Thank you so much, Vivalyn. I am so honored to be here. Um, it's always a blessing to have an opportunity to share what God is doing and how through us, he is meeting the needs of so many people. The name of my program is called Lazarus Educational Services Incorporated. We call it Leslie for short. And what our, our mission is to offer entrepreneurial training and micro lending to veterans and those in reentry who have verifiable entrepreneurial skills. And we are located in Wilmington, right at the corner of 10th and Bennett, right in an area where help is needed the most. And it was chosen by design because it is where help is needed the most. And we see those people as being God's people, God's creative, powerful people who have gifts and callings and who are ready for a change in life. Entrepreneurship is certainly not for everybody, but it's for a lot of people. Um, according to the statistics I've read over the years, um, about, so I think about over 600 people per year are released from prison and come to Wilmington, which is where we're located. And according to the research that I did with another nonprofit, Wilmington Hope, probably about 26 percent of those will be entrepreneurs. Most people fit more comfortably into employment. But with those uh, numbers, there are certainly more than enough people that we will be able to reach to help them experience their desire to start their own business. And that's why we're there. We're there right at that corner to help people who are ready for a change to have that opportunity. We're going to train them in business skills and solid business skills. And when they complete our training, they will receive a micro loan to help them either start or support the business that they're already running. And that's been the missing piece for so many. There are other training programs, but none are like Leslie because we train people in the, in the field or career that they're interested in. And when they are prepared, they receive a microloan to help them start their business. 
Mm-hmm. And so we're really excited about um, what God is doing. And the whole idea is a God idea. Wonderful, wonderful. You, you have told us, um, Dr. Tooley, and I know she's very modest, but um, I'm going to be using your title. I'm going to say Dr. Tooley. So, and, and I really appreciate your humbleness, but your humility. Um, I don't think humbleness is a word. So your humility, I don't want the Dr. Cooley to correct me. But my question for you, where mm-hmm. is this inspiration of helping others, returnee veterans, where did it come from? It I came a God idea, but, but let me tell me a little bit more about this inspiration and how you got it from a thought in your head given to you by God to know a reality. That's a very good question. This all began with a dream. Before I retired as an educator from the school district of Philadelphia, I was a middle school teacher. Um, I had moved here to Delaware and one night I, I had a dream where there was a man who had borrowed money from loan sharks and he couldn't pay it back. And the long story short is that they killed him and I saw it. They stabbed him in the chest and he, I could hear everything. I could see everything as though I was standing there but I wasn't directly involved in it but I saw it and I could hear the blood gurgling in his lungs as he was trying, calling out to God when he was dying. Mm. That stunned me so much. I mean, I was shocked. And so when I awoke from the dream, I told the Lord that I would do whatever he wanted me to do. You know, just don't show me that anymore because that was really something. And so um, what happened is that I began to look for ways to help and I became aware of the plight and the obstacles that were placed in front of those who are in reentry. And I do want to say this before I go on. Um, I had learned that the dream that I had is a reality, that that happens. Uh, it's not rare that that happens, that people are injured or killed because they borrow money and they can't pay it back. That's not something that I was aware of at all, except on TV. But now here it is, you know, directly impacting me. And so through association and collaboration with other people who have a passion to help those in need, especially those in reentry, the ideas took frame and shape. I'm a member or a board member of Partners in Reentry Coalition of Delaware. And sometimes when we're just being uh, consistent and doing the regular everyday things like attending meetings or, or uh, writing, doing whatever it is that our assignment is, God downloads ideas for you. And it was at a meeting where Someone asked, uh, does anyone have a lawnmower? I know some guys in reentry that can do landscaping, but they don't have the tools that they need. Well, I had a lawnmower. 
I said, well, um, I'll loan it to him. And then she said, no, because I was going to give it to him. She said, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> loan it to them. Because one thing that they need, especially the men need, is um, a sense of responsibility. Of that, it's not, that's not really the word that I'm looking for, but they need to be held accountable. Because when a person is able to fulfill their responsibility, it builds their self-esteem. And so what we're going to be doing is something that will impact them not only financially, but because we do will hold them accountable and they will be in the driver's seat for so much of what happens during the program, as they come through, they should be stronger, far stronger, both uh, internally, emotionally, and financially than they were when they started the program. Our program is trauma-informed because um, our whole facility, rather, is trauma-informed because we realize that most of our clients will have been impacted by trauma either as a child or as an adult, especially the two groups that we um, have targeted Though many of those in reentry suffered trauma as children, and those who are in the military, if they did not suffer trauma as a child, um, many of them have suffered trauma as an adult and while in service, and that may be some of the reasons why some of the people that we will serve have had such a difficult time finding a job and holding on to it or don't want anybody to tell them what to do that mm -hmm. kind of thing attitude <laughs> okay mm -hmm. I, i'm not sure um um Vivian, if you know the term returnee but i did not know what that term is so just in case our audience is um, wondering what it means. Do you want to explain a little bit what a returnee is? Because returnee. I love the term, but I had no idea what you what it meant until I, you know, I asked and somebody informed me. I thank you for that. Um, I should, I will choose, uh, make sure that I remember for the future to explain terms as I introduce them. Returning citizen is a milder way of saying an ex-felon. They have been um, away imprisoned and now they are returning to society. So rather than label them as an ex-felon or ex-con, convict, mm -hmm. which has such a negative connotation, now they're known as either returning citizens, or mm. there's another word that you may hear, justice involved. <laughs> oh. I mean, that, that really cleans it up. He was justice involved or she was justice involved. You don't even hear the clink of a prison at all in that, but that's precisely what is being referred to. Mm. Those who were once involved in the um, prison system and now they're not or Thank correctional you. system sure thank you that that's very helpful because i learned something new another new phrase justice involved yes 
you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. One question I had was asking you about your goal for these um, client, for your clientele, but I think you, in your, in your introduction about the, the, the business or the organization rather, you mentioned what you are wanting to do with them, you know, bringing them, helping them to reestablish themselves in society basically. But um, how are you financing this program? That's another good question. Um, <laughs> part of it is self-financed. Um, I'm an entrepreneur myself. I have, I had a dual career. I was an educator. I still am. And I love that. And over time, God got me into the real estate uh, business as well, owning property and property management. That's been very good too. So I did both at the same time. I've forgotten the question. <laughs> but anyway. how, how, are you, how are you finance? Oh, finance. Okay, okay. All right. So, <laughs> so what I'm doing is partially um, is financing it myself at this point. But I'm also writing for grants. And because Lessie is a nonprofit, which makes it eligible for grants and, uh, of all sorts that pertain to the, um, the career goals that we're offering them. And so um, we have already been selected for the first round of a grant um, with an organization that is very well known here in the state of Delaware. And we're waiting to see how, you know, if we move forward with them. Um, but the reason that I mentioned that I'm also an entrepreneur is that I have never before um, looked to grants or any other kind of funding to um, anything beyond my own self ability, my own ability to fund anything. I believe that the wisest thing for any nonprofit to do is to have a for-profit arm that feeds the funds into the program so that if for any reason the funding doesn't come through uh, grants or donations don't meet your expectations, you can still function. And that's how Lessie is organized. I own the building where the program will be offered. And it's a two-story program. And on the first store floor is the Lessie Training Center. And on the second floor, um, the offices for rental either shared office space or um, private office space. We're having everything state of the art. We have uh, Wi-Fi, of course, and key card entry so that people who are coming to our program and need to work on their business other than uh, regular office hours will be able to do so in security and in privacy. Other things that we're offering are mailbox services, storage space. Um, we have our building is handicap accessible and different things like that. We're offering business services at, uh, at Lessie's side as well. 
And so um, we're expecting that we will have total success because we are meeting a, a need, a real need that people all over need, but mm -hmm. especially the people in this area. And the building is being renovated um, well, well renovated. It's well designed. Um, I think it probably could fit in any location and still be representative. Because it's not like I'm having something in my basement. No, this is a commercial, a commercially designed property. Mm. And so we're we're excited. So you um you basically is funding this program, but are, do you have any affiliates or do you have any because you're going to need you say you have a training center. So I and I see that you're gonna need computers, you're gonna need different things like that. Are you in partnership with any other program, any other um, services in Delaware? Because this is a good program that you have that can help people who are returning to society, um, help them to get their feet in the, the door or feet in business or to be successful in business. Mm -hmm. um, so do you have anyone that's um, collaborating with you because I could see uh, many companies would want to get their feet in the door in helping in a, in a, in a situation like this. Yes, I do. Um, the people who I have stakeholders. Um, I took it off my desk, but the, the uh, lender that um, loaned the money to renovate the property has placed my project in like their annual report took pictures and all of that. Now, of course, that's not money per se, but it's um, it's like advertisement, mm -hmm. and that counts. The other, there's another bank, uh, uh, another entity which loaned money for uh, for to us. Is not only um, a stakeholder in that they love our program but they made commercials for us that they put on their website. And um, the, 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 bank, the um, bank president is the person who supports Leslie by um, doing the um, three-year performa, our financial performa for grants that we apply for. And they've already told me that if I need any help with having teachers, that anything that has to do with either marketing or uh, finances, to count them in. And that's been the general response that I've received that is that the vision is very clear mm -hmm. and it can be seen how uh, what we're doing is going to really help people and give them a chance to rebuild their lives. We're looking at generations here. That's what I see. I see people standing up where they've been bowed down and now able to take care of themselves and take care of them, their children because about 80% of people in reentry have children. Most of them have children. Mm -hmm. And when they take care of their children, that impacts generations to come. 
That's what we're after. Not just um, to help somebody get their business started, which is good, but we want to impact them on a wider range. Um, we're offering something that I hadn't heard of being offered here, but I know it's offered across uh, the seas and other nations. We're offering social interest, which means this, that with that microloan, um, they will have an opportunity to make a choice. They can either pay the interest on the loan and it's going to be something really reasonable because the people that we're working with are not wealthy. And so the rates that they're going to get are very favorable. But they, so they'll have a choice to either pay the interest or to find someone or some entity that they can volunteer their services to an uh, entity that cannot pay them back. Mm -hmm. And so it's like they're paying it forward. And we're offering that because we already understand that when a person who's seen themselves as being less than is able to give something of themselves that, that benefits another person, it builds their self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And it also connects them to the community mm -hmm. and they impact other people's lives for good, which again, makes them feel better as well. They see their value. And mm -hmm. so we're going to offer that to them. Mm -hmm. And this is not, uh, is this also coming from your pocket also, the microloans, or is it a company that is helping with giving them an interest rate and so forth? Um, at this point, that will be mine. Between uh, the basic at this point, because I'm still writing grants and all that, and there are organizations who definitely would be interested in partnering with me for that. But I'm at the process now. I'm actually writing the curriculum to make sure it's trauma-informed and that it has the elements that I desire it to have. And so my focus at this point has been, well, I've been balancing it. Sometimes my focus is writing grants, then it's writing the curriculum. And then I think I'm getting to the place where, well, Monday through Wednesday, let's work on, <laughs> let's work on curriculum. Thursday and Friday, let's work on grants, you know, to get a balance there. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a lot of responsibility. But I'm telling, I'll tell you this. I'm in it to win. Whatever it takes, that's what we're going to do. I already know that as long as we uh, are operational for at least one year, the SBA will come in and work with us to grant loans. But I don't really like their funding schedule. They're kind of high. <laughs> Did I say that? Okay. Anyway, so um, I want our people SBA. always to have the best rates. And we have to, uh, I'll have to look into the, the, um, their plan to see if it works with our plan. What, what's, we it, have, what's SBA? The Small Business Association. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I will remember to watch those acronyms too. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, because, you know, being the field that I am in, certain acronyms when I hear them, I think of something else. And I know that's not what you talk, you know, what you're talking about. 
<laughs> it could be the small bowel association, right? <laughs> we, we have a SGA, which is small gestational age. You know, so sometimes when you say, I, I just need clarification, because if I'm asking, I know somebody else probably will be asking. Right. And if it comes out that I am a little dumb in, in asking it, that's okay, too. I, I don't feel any There's way. There's no way that could be true, Dr. Davis. There's no way that could be true. No, I, no, but I, I don't feel any way, even if people think so. Um, mm -hmm. So I, here's my other question. You mm -hmm. mentioned that the program is and the curriculum is going to be trauma-informed. And yes. I, I think I understand what you are saying. So, um, but can you explain a little bit more on the how you're going to make your curriculum and the program trauma-informed and the people who are going to be helping you that are going to participate in it, how that you are going to um, have them, you know, really teach or speak or interact on a level that is sensitive to the trauma that these, these individuals may have encountered. I absolutely will. I should be taking notes so I get all the parts of your question. I'm going to start <laughs> with the last part first. Um, I just became trauma-informed um, myself. I realized that there was a need for it. So I attended Wilmington University um, during the last year and early this year. And I'm now certified in trauma-informed care. I've learned from uh, textbooks and um, different examples what, how powerful that adverse childhood events are. Things like um, divorce or going hungry, Mm -hmm. or being abused in some kind of way or different there there are different questions that are asked to determine the level of trauma that a person has endured as a child mm -hmm. and that gives them a score and the higher the score is the more trauma impact that that individual is is considered to be and those score those numbers have real impact uh, as a matter of fact, if I remember the statistics correctly, um, the, the scale goes from a number one to 10. Mm -hmm. But by the time, if a person has at least four adverse childhood events in their life, then their score is four. People with a score of four find themselves um, getting ill faster. They suffer more chronic diseases like heart disease or or that diabetes and all those sorts of things. And the higher the score, the more difficult or the more difficult their life and their life experiences are. Mm -hmm. And a person with higher scores sometimes even lose up to 20 years of life because trauma affects not only um, the emotions, but it affects the brain um, it affects the way that people are able to think and rationalize things. Mm -hmm. And it is really, it's really something to be uh, aware of and be concerned of and try to help people with because so many people in society, even though those who haven't been imprisoned and haven't been to the, um, to, uh, 
been to the military are impacted by trauma also. But this is how it works with us. One of the things that we know is that oftentimes people who've been traumatized have been put in positions where people did things to them that they did not choose for themselves. They didn't have control in the situation. They weren't able to make a decision. They weren't able to make something stop or get something started. They, they were a victim. So at Lessie, their choice is really the guiding force. One of the things that we will do initially is um, to make sure that anyone who is accepted in our program has a verifiable um, entrepreneurial skill. And I'm often asked, well, how will you know that? Well, if you have a skill, it's show and tell time. I'm a, remember, I, my background is education. You can show me your skill. You can demonstrate your skill. If you are, for example, a barber, then you, there should be people whom you can verifiably show me that allow you to cut their hair. If nobody allows you to cut their hair, then that's questionable. And so if, if, if they can demonstrate that they have a verifiable entrepreneurial skill, then they're eligible for the program. We don't care uh, or we're not concerned about what their background is in terms of what kind of crime they may have committed or when it happened or how long they were imprisoned in, in or any of that kind of stuff. Because whoever will, let him come. That's our platform. And anyone who fits our criteria is going to be welcomed into our program. We're targeting those in reentry and veterans because that group has the direst need that we can see. The and, what, and hmm? I'm sorry. Finish, finish what you were saying. Okay, so, uh, but so it starts with making sure that they have a chance to make a decision. The decision about whether they're entering the program or not is decided by whether or not they can prove that they have a skill. If they don't, I'll look them, I will, I am firm and I will let them know or indicate to them so they can come to the conclusion on their own. I'll help them if they need it to let them know that this is not for you because I can't, we can't verify your skill. But here we have another program because I have other collaborators I collaborate with others. Here's another program that you might be interested in that might work for you better. And so that's how we do that. Uh, mm -hmm. Other things that um, people in, who've been traumatized need is to understand what the rules are. And they need consistency in the following of the rules because many people have trust issues. And if one is honest, and consistent, then you build a pattern. And with that pattern of consistency, trust is, begins to be developed. And that's something that we're going to um, do as well. And with the coursework itself, I intend to set 
clear guidelines on what is a successfully completed project and what is not. We're going to write it, we're going to speak it, and we're going to have a picture of it. And when it's time for them to turn in their, I don't call it homework, I call it business development assignment, <laughs> but it's homework. And so <laughs> when they bring it in, I check everything and we compare what they will, what they're turning in according to the rubric. And I'll let them grade their work as long as they're doing it honestly. Um, because there's no one who's going to be passed along from one cl uh, class or session to another if they have not successfully completed the prior one. Because okay. entrepreneurship is hard all by itself. And no one wants mediocre or poor quality work. Mm -hmm. It will not sell. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things we're doing. But the key thing is that they are in the decision seat. They get to decide um, how, uh, how much, what their work looks like, whether they're going to continue with the program or not, all of that's up to them. And um, you were talking about, um, you mentioned the word criteria to meet your criteria. What are the criteria for entering into your program? And also, is there a process that they have to go through, which is Facebook taking criteria also? But Absolutely. Um, one of the first things is that I have a, I have a flow chart that shows that, and, um, but I'll just describe it. I'm really visual, mm -hmm. and I don't know if if we were able to share a screen or not. But um, yeah, you can share. I can. Yeah. I, I don't know if, if I can find it. Let me see. Um, what does it say? Let me see if I. Do you want so me to try you, to do it? To, if you do whatever it is that you have, you you um you go to share screen. That little green at the bottom of 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 your it says share screen. You hit on it, then you highlight on your desktop what it is that you want to share, and then hit the word share in the top right hand corner. So I'm on my iPad, and it's wait wait a minute. Share content. Um, let me see if I can. Oh, I see that. I didn't pull it up yet, though. I would have to look in oh, my thing yeah. to find we, it. Or we could do it um, another time because I'm sure we're going to be having you um, come back. Okay. It's uh, okay. interesting and, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm really learning a lot about your, this vision and how it's coming together. Um, what was your question again, Rubilin, or can you remember, um, Dr. Tooley, what it was? The I do remember. The criteria. Okay. The criteria. Okay. I'll give you a, a short synopsis of it. Um, when a person comes, they're going to be warmly greeted and they're going to be given an application to complete. They'll complete the application and then return the completed application. They will be interviewed at that point. And the first thing they will have to demonstrate is show and tell time. Show me your skill, show us your product, tell us about what you 
what your business is. Demonstrate it for us. If you make furniture, because there's a guy, a man who is waiting to join us who makes furniture. Well, then he would bring something. When they come for the interview, they must be prepared to show or demonstrate what it is that they, their product or their service. If they're a barber or something, um, they need to bring somebody whose hair they cut. And I've already had an imagination for people who come, people come unprepared, even though you ask them to be. I'm gonna have a, a card that identifies them as a um, potential participant in the Lessie program and that they need some, they need support to demonstrate their skill. And then it will be their responsibility to go and find someone, if let's say if it's a barber, somebody who will let them uh, cut their hair and bring them back so I can see it or so that the staff can see it. There was no excuse for not being able to demonstrate your business skill. There's none for that. So once they've done that, then there's, there are other steps. At our location, um, there will be no cash handled. And so everything is handled electronically. And therefore the person needs a bank account, a checking account, a savings account, and they need a, um, a smart device, whether it's a cell phone or iPad, whatever it is. They need something to be able to um, complete their transactions. And once they have all those things in place, then they will be enrolled in the program. Any way, place along the line that they decide they don't wanna do this or they don't wanna do that, well then they've said no to the program because those are the requirements because that's what they will need to be successful in the program. And there are organizations that are willing to help us to support them to um, get what they need. For example, uh, the credit union will open up an account with as little as $5. And so they can have a checking and savings account with that, with the debit card and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And before Lessie opens, it's possible that there will be an organization or two that will pick up the cost of their tuition. Um, that would be very helpful for them. I would be, uh, really appreciate that too, because we, though we're keeping our tuition very low, it's $35 per class, which is unheard of. Um, but it's sufficient for a person who is has very little money. Usually, if you're an entrepreneur, you, uh, you have something different, something special. You have a different way of looking at the world and a way to, so, pro, it's really problem solving, to solve problems in a way that allows you to move ahead and not give up. And so we're going to be drawing on those skills as we move forward. So when once they've completed all the courses, then we're really going to celebrate them. We're going to have a a celebrate, a, a, I don't know if it would be like a party, but you, you probably, you know, just really applaud them because in the groups that we're servicing, 
many of them have not been celebrated for things they did well. They haven't had a you go boy or something like that for something that they did was good, that was good and, and healthy. So we're going to celebrate them and their mentors when we haven't talked about their mentors, but the plan will be for their mentors to be there um, at the celebration. And as you've probably seen on awards shows where people are getting money, they get a big check that's about four feet wide, you know, with their name on it and the amount of the loan and all that kind of thing or whatever it is that they'll get that too, to show that not only have they completed the program successfully, but now they have funding to help them actually start their business. And we take the pictures okay. and all that kind of thing. Yeah, that um, it's very detailed. And um, as I say, it seems as if we will have to continue this um, in a, in another at another time because okay. you have so much information. And um, so one of the questions I had written down here was to ask you how you plan to get your clientele, which you have already told us, but are you um, about, you know, are you advertising? Are you leaving your information at various um, either detention centers or, or the prison or, or certain like at the VA organization? Um, I know you, how are you going to get this, the, because these people don't read the newspaper, they may listen to the radio and hear it on the radio, how are you going to attract them, what, what method are you using to attract them to your organization? Well, we have a website, but the okay. most powerful method I found so far is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. People okay. talk. <laughs> and in the area where we're located, there is such a need um, that with the sign that was put up on the building prior to construction, um, there, it, it already generated a lot of buzz among those people. But of course, we need to go further than that. Uh, we are serving the community. We're in the community to serve them. Mm -hmm. But that's why also I leverage my uh, position on the board of Partners in Reentry. Partners in Reentry is about 200 of us, Coalition of Delaware. And every time I'm at a meeting um, and we introduce ourselves and tell what, what we do, then that leads to another um, link, another uh, person with whom I can um, collaborate with uh -huh. to, to um, share what I do and how we can work together to serve them. But I've also, but I think something I've learned in um, my journey along with the, um, the grant proposal is that I will need to have a presence on Twitter and LinkedIn and all, you know, to use the electronics. I know I'm a little old school, but mm -hmm. I'm gonna let somebody else do that, but it's gonna be done. <laughs> Absolutely. I believe in staying in your lane and doing what you do best and let somebody right. else do that who loves that because that would not please me. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you have a start date? Yeah, um, 
we have a start month. We're going to, we plan to start in September. The okay. build, and that's because the building is still being renovated. Um, the contractor told us that he's estimating we will be finished with the construction by the end of August, which is next month. So I'm working, um, I'm estimate, estimating that in September, our doors are opening. Mm -hmm. We'll have everything in order, ready to go. Like a regular opening? Hmm? You're gonna have a grand opening? Oh yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna have a pre-opening too, a pre-opening before the grand opening so that the saints of God, we can get in there and, and do what we gotta do. And then oh. have the grand opening with the politicians and all it. Could I say yeah, that? I, September just <laughs> September reminds us of school. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Start up school. And my last question, how long is the training program? It's 23, there are 23 classes and we're thinking we can get done in about eight weeks because I intend to teach uh, about three classes a week. I'm gonna start with a small cohort of about five um, clients to see how that works in real life because the assignments that I'm giving them all have to do with building their own business. For example, um, for marketing, they're going to have to create something that markets their business. And it's not just going to be on a sheet of paper here, this is what we're doing, no. I wanna see the real thing you're going to use because you're really going to use that to help you market your business because by the goal would be by the time they're finished with the, um, the coursework, other people will be uh, well aware of their mm -hmm. business or service. I, I can feel that teacher coming out of you, Dr. Tooley, that <laughs> strict teacher, you know, this is your assignment, better not be late. <laughs> and here are the points that you need to touch on. We're looking for excellence, not perfection. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Absolutely. excellence. I want to see the best that they can do. And I think that being, I, I believe that God fits people for what he's called you to do. He yeah. picks and he chooses. You know, sometimes I think about what the journey that I'm on and I laugh. Because it's like, what? <laughs> but this is his doing. And to God be the glory. Amen. That's what I say. <laughs> I think uh, my co-host has a question. Yeah, I did, but I'm looking at the time and probably yeah. my question might end up with something else. But um, now a person who can't afford the $35, you do have grants or, you know, and other means, because like I said, these people are re-entering society. Um, some of them don't have the money to pay for training. Um, and, um, you know, do you have anything like that that could supplement? We're working on that. Okay. Mm -hmm. We are working on that. And um, I'm in collaboration with many organizations. And from what I understand, there's actually lots of funds available for those 
in reentry and for anything that has to do with job training and um, or entrepreneurship in this case. So I am very much interested in finding an organization or a philanthropist that would take that and that would help them much more. I know that there are some organizations that give uh, micro grants where they're just giving money to them to start their business. I would like to be able to do that, um, but then it would take away the social interest part. If you just give them the money, then where's the incentive to benefit somebody else who mm-hmm. cannot pay you back? So those are some things I'm, I need to talk about with my board um, to determine how we want to do this. and. Um, so those are some decisions, but at this point, um, because I am responsible for the financial maintenance of the program mm-hmm. and my own for my own business um, operations with the rentals and all that, um, I cannot afford to have them come for free because it's not free to me. So. When it is, I mean, we can we can um, grow and change the program as we need to, mm-hmm. um, but it has to be on a solid foundation at all times. And besides that, you know that when you put a value in something, people appreciate it more, and they know that it's um, it, it has more different feel for it when there's a cost. So there's nothing wrong with you putting a charge to it because then they see that their information they're getting is valuable. Because when you put free on something, people devalue it. You know? That's true. So mm-hmm. what you're doing is great. You know, it's a right. $35 per class and they're getting the training they need and for them to be successful in their accomplishing their dreams and goals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just to remind our, our listeners, we are speaking with Dr. Rosie Tooley, who is the um, CEO of her new venture coming up, Lessie Lazarus Educational Services Incorporated, and they're getting ready to launch in September, and she will have um, information available, and we will make sure that we get her, you can email us and we will get the necessary information to you. If you know of somebody who would like to be a part of this program, or if you yourself have um, qualified for this program, is to check it out. So before I ask my co-host to close, I'm gonna ask Dr. Tooley for one parting sentence that she wants to leave out there for our listeners. There's always hope. There's always hope. Great. Wonderful. Thank you so much, so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I feel honored. And I really enjoy both of you so much that this was a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. You're definitely welcome. And we're, we're excited to have you on our show. 
I know we've been trying to get you here for a little bit, but we understand that you're a woman of purpose and you live on purpose. And we know that this will be a great program and will bless many, many thousands um, mm -hmm. to come. So once again, everyone, this is Life Chat with Vivenville. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye. Bye-bye.